I mean, one day he came out and he was suited from head to toe. Cleats, helmet, no. shoulder pads, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was suited. And he went out and he was with the, he was with the, the, the number two offense, right? <laughs> that, Harbaugh ran with the twos. He ran with the twos. I like that. He ran with the twos, the number two offense, and he was out there just slinging, man. It was, it was crazy. Could he still throw it? Yeah. Thanks to Toyota and the brand new Toyota Tacoma, we'll be broadcasting from the NFL Media Center in Las Vegas from the most badass set in all of Radio Row. That's right. The all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma with its trail-dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style is arriving in dealerships. And it's arriving at the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas as we are helping Toyota launch the all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. That's right. It's going to be right next to me. You'll be able to see the all-new best-selling midsize pickup in America featured on the Greenlight podcast set recorded from the Tacoma Content Studio. The all-new Toyota Tacoma dares you to come out and play. The all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma, the most powerful Tacoma ever, is your chance to experience trail-dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style. It's time to make your off-roading dreams come true. With the 2024 Toyota Tacoma, a truck that's tough on the trail and easy on the eyes, electrifying power, maximum torque, the all-new Toyota Tacoma is the most powerful Tacoma ever. Toyota, the official automotive partner of the NFL. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Cowboy, take me away. Another day of Green Light being on Radio Row here in Las Vegas at the Super Bowl. We've got Jason Kelsey, the big Eagles man himself, Stops by to hang out with Bo and Chris. Talk a little Eagles memories when they were all in the team together. Talk a little Super Bowl, New Heights. They have a general good time. A lot of laughs. You'll enjoy that one. Then we get Devontae Smith, another Eagles guy. Some good bird stories there. And then we roll into Vernon Davis. Chris and Vernon had a lot of battles back in the day in the old NFC West. They talk about that, how Chris still feels those hits. And Vernon shares his thoughts of being a Super Bowl winner and having played in this game before. And to wrap things up, Luke Keekley comes on. He's going to talk about his Super Bowl memories, what he's up to since his retirement, and the Q-Collar, a piece of equipment he's championing that is a big help to football players. So enjoy the entire show. We'll be coming live to you from Radio Row on Friday. Make sure you tune in. We'll drop some more info. Enjoy the show. Check out all the interviews on YouTube. Much love. Welcome back to the Toyota stage, bright and early. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. Hey, I got I got my boys here. I got uh, I got Bo Allen uh, and the man that needs no introduction. 
Honestly, I would say my most famous friend. Would you say that? I guess. Jason Kelsey. Kind of hurts to say it like that. Though. No, it's true though. I don't think that's true. We were with. You know a uh, lot of famous people. No, but not like you now. I mean, right now we walked through the lobby yesterday at Aria, and like my man's it's my man's commodity. Dude. Yeah. What a guy. How you, fe- how you feeling? Uh, feeling good. Um, happy to be here. It's a fun week. This is probably the best setup you could ask for for something like this. Uh, like 7x my money on the blackjack table yesterday. Yeah, so guys, Kelsey absolutely killed it at the uh, gambling yesterday. It was insane. That was incredible. So <laughs> Bo was like, yo, me and Kelsey are at Aria, and I had like two hours, and I go, you know, I'm going to pop over there. We're yeah. playing tables, and I don't play tables. This is not a, a casino table gambler. Man, when I walked in there, it was like the who's who of like, of everybody it was obviously kelsey was there and yes. i told you what a big deal that is and then tom segura yeah and burt kreischer yeah and our boys from bus and taylor and will and uh who else was in there baker mayfield baker mayfield great guy who i love i love baker mayfield dude yes incredible I mean, dude I, you can't say enough good things about this guy and so happy for him to have this year anthony pettis Showtime Pettis. I was gambling with him. He was there as well. We had a really fun time. Anthony Pettis. Who is that? Yeah. That's the guy who was right next to Incredible guy. I had a feeling that guy could kick my ass. He's badass. You just tell by looking at the guy's traps and the way they sit. Yes. This dude wrestled before. No question. And you got to look for the call. Exactly. Telltale sign. And then. um, It was electric, too, because. Tom was at our table and Bert was at your table. Yep. And we just wanted to make Bert have FOMO. So every time anybody won anything, we just yelled as loud as possible. Yeah, and uh, every time we won, we yelled too. And I didn't do a whole lot of yelling. <laughs> I was over there a little, trying to do a little call back, call back and forth, try to get the juices flowing. Couldn't get anything going to the table. Your boy was down bad. But that was actually a really fun event. Like, Bert was, like, lit up a cigar for me. Like, I haven't smoked a cigar in years. Turns out he's from Tampa. Um, so, like, he's from that area. He was talking about like smoking cigars in Ebor City, but it was really fun, man. Dude, honestly. I have no idea how to play any table games, and you guys were like, "Here, take take some." <laughs> Baker Mayfield gave me like three hundred dollars, yeah. yeah, and I, I felt like a kid. Like going over to my dad to get some money <laughs> yeah. for something, and then I went back over and I turned it into like six hundred. There you go. I tried to give it back to Baker. He wouldn't take it. I would have taken it. I know. I ended up, <laughs> I'm sorry. I ended up giving it to Funny Marco. Do you know who that is? No. Did you see that guy, Funny Marco, when he walked in? Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the funniest people on the internet. Uh, he actually accepted the six hundred dollars. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm a huge fan. I was like, here's here's six hundred dollars. He was like, no problem. <laughs> but but Tom's vodka was good. If anybody gets a it chance, great. it was yeah. really good. Yeah, really good. And I wasn't planning on drinking. I had I had a little of his vodka, and then you boys ended up going to U two last night, dude. So these guys are all loaded up going to U two. Bo's having Bo's in party mode, and I was I was having a good time. <laughs> Bo was having a good time. They go to U two at the Sphere. I'm super jealous. I want to ask you about the Sphere, but first I want to ask you what it's like. When you show up to a suite and Bo's in party mode, and you realize that my parents are in the same suite. Pop along. <laughs> so, like, you had no idea. Well, okay, let me just preface this, Chris. I've been excited about going to YouTube at the Sphere for months. It's been, like, this thing I've, this week that I've been biggest bucket list item. Like, just, you know, YouTube Bono, the whole, you know, circus, the the 
the lights, the visuals, everything like that. I've been stoked about it, talking about it nonstop. We went back to Kelsey's room to recharge for a little bit before we went there, and I've left my phone charging in his room, so I couldn't even document it. And I walk that's in. That's good, though. You don't want to be the guy that's like this the whole time. You're, I was analog. It was awesome. Yeah. Not only did he leave your phone, the only, he had an actual disposable camera. I haven't seen one of those that's all I have. in yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, one of, the, one of those bad boys. He had yeah. to conserve. He had to be very... Uh, you know, specific in his choices of photography. There's no way those pictures came out good when they oh, made disposable cameras. That's kind of the fun of it, though. They weren't capable of, <laughs> yeah. of capturing the sphere, dude. Yeah. So, well, we walk in and, like, I didn't know anyone there besides Kels and Emily and Porter, who we went with, and just like a beacon in the light. Your mom walks in and was just just great energy, has having such a fun time. As soon as I got a picture that you were with my mom, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, and Chris, you said Chris Rock. Adam Sandler and who else was in there? Uh, dude, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, they were so they were in the the box right now. Odenkirk was there. Yeah. He was yeah. There was a star-studded did cast. You did you talk to Odenkirk? Dude, I met a couple of them and I was I haven't been starstruck. You know, I haven't been starstruck in a very long time. Yeah. I didn't know how to react to eating to meeting all of these like icons. Yeah. From comedy legend 20 30 years yeah you i mean know? it's you don't get starstruck i get starstruck sometimes i that i was definitely starstruck then i didn't i was speechless i didn't know what to say and yeah. it was you, you did great uh, kels <laughs> it was cool you did great <laughs> all right so so the sphere talk to me about the the experience like kelsey where's the best seat in the sphere do you think it was in the suites or somewhere else I you had think a great it was setup. Our seat. i'm not gonna we really. had a great setup so you don't want to be too low because that thing's huge so you, they said going in, you want to be 200 level, and we were like right at the 200 level, yep. like right underneath it. So. Right in front of Bono. He was singing directly to me all night. Did you see the guy that climbed the sphere? No. You didn't see this? <laughs> Regular dude decided to climb the sphere the other day, how got all the way to the top. What do you, how do you do that? There's he, nothing to grab onto, right? Yeah, but he did it. He scaled the like suction like cups. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then he got arrested. Spectre gadgeted it. Yeah. He got promptly arrested. But yeah. it, I feel like it's worth it. I mean, <laughs> listen. To get to the top of the sphere. Yeah. Probably doing, you know, a couple hours right, right now. Yeah. Like, so we were talking about this backstage. <laughs> if we could rent the sphere out yeah. and we could bring, like, Lane and maybe somebody else, and it's just us, yeah. um, and we could put whatever we wanted on the big screen. What do you guys want to do? What do you want to watch? I, Planet Earth. Oh, yeah. Like some Jane Goodall. Dude, I want to see the best. So, first of all, so those of you that have not been to it and seen the videos online, I mean, does not do it justice. And yeah. that's a very overused phrase. I thought I was prepared a little bit. That yeah. This was the most intense overwhelming sensory overload highly stimulating i mean it is massive they start spinning it you're getting motion sickness yeah. just sitting there oh you get motion sickness i never get motion. i do i go on any roller coaster anything they started spinning this thing like it was like a, almost like a film print like yeah yeah anyways it was very intense. Bono, but Bono was spinning on, on stage over and over again, around and around on this little pedestal, completely unfazed, just belting out songs. I song. think they know that He it's was really spinning. Incredible. Spinning. I think they know that it's too much, so they take a break about 45 minutes yeah. into it, an hour. And when they came back, it was all uh, just what the strip looks like. It was like an outdoor look at the strip, outdoor look at Vegas, <laughs> these beautiful scenic views and it feels like you're there yeah it, it was really really cool that was my favorite part yeah well, so, to answer your question though chris you I'd, got a good answer so i i would want to go i wouldn't want to watch a movie i would want to play video games i'm a video game guy yeah. but like 
classic like N64 like Ooh. Mario Kart or like drunk driving and yeah NFL Blitz 2000 <laughs> or like Super Smash Bros. Oh, it'd be incredible. With your guys on there like it'd be incredible. So fun, man. Like imagine uh, hooking up the little uh, you know you plug in an N64 and you have like the white, the yellow, yeah. and yep. the red little analog things. Just plugging that into the sphere. <laughs> turn oh, yeah, it to, play, turn they the get a little plug right behind where Bono is. <laughs> you got to turn the sphere to channel three. You um, know? Original Halo. Yeah. So we oh, so yeah. you had a good idea. You yeah. Kelsey, you and Trav had a good idea. It went viral. You guys were. And I never played this game growing up. Backyard football. So there's backyard football and backyard baseball. Did you play this? Yeah. Did I miss my childhood? Dude, it's such a fun probably, game. Am I too old? Hopefully you were outside and you weren't doing I that. I was outside. Yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. But, so what's the deal with this game? Um, it's, I think it was just really popular when we yeah. were growing up. And it's got a cult following. Yeah. Everybody loved playing it. Uh it didn't have like the NFL teams, but it had likeness. So well, Drew had, Bledsoe you know, was in it, right? That's what I'm saying. It had yeah. players, but yeah. it didn't have the like it didn't have Patriots or like the yeah. Eagles. Like so, you're just on like a weird looking team. Yes, but, but you got Drew Brees. It was you would play with like a, a child version of all the stars in the NFL. But the thing about awesome. this, oh, so you look like kids. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But, a, but the thing about this game, dude, is like it's beautifully simple. So like all these games from like back in the day on the N64, like early computer games. Yeah. Like they're just like. Simple, you know what I mean? Minimal buttons. Yeah. yeah. So you, you it, in, for, in my opinion, it forces the user to be more creative. So you have to like juke somebody with like the arrows on the on the keyboard. Okay. Instead of like a circle button, you know what I mean? So well, that's what Madden's turned into. I know. I picked up Madden for the first time much. in 12, 15 years. <laughs> yeah. The other, like a couple weeks yeah. ago. No, it is not, dude. Right. It's not too much. It, what? It is amazing. The, it's awesome, dude. You can run RPOs. You can you can you can run speed options like you can yeah. every hot route. It's not just go route. Can you run tush out. pushes, Chris? You can run slants, fades, huh? Can you run a tush push? You can't run the tush push. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how does that feel? It, how does it feel? Like, like physically pushed? Because we got Devonte on later. Nice. And I thought awesome. I heard him liking awesome. it to being like in like he can't breathe for a while in there. Like when there's the pile, there's yeah. some guys in there. Well, he's that, pretty. Well, he's little. He's slim, slender. Yeah. But like I can imagine not being able to breathe. If you're at the bottom of the pile, it can get uh, a little claustrophobic in there yeah. for sure. It's it's not a high impact. Yeah. Like, it's not a violent play. <laughs> yeah. But it's a grueling play. You know, because you're 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 fighting for leverage initially. Yeah. And then you just. The, the whole mode is to grind it. You're just keeping your f feet moving. You're pushing. The people behind you are pushing. They're pushing. The people behind them are pushing. Yeah. So it's a exhausting play, yeah. but it's not like a painful play, if that makes sense. No, I mean, I get it. I get it. Unless you're like Devontae Smith. I, I, I can see I'd be painful. And then you get like flattened like a pancake in there. The, clo the only thing I've really gotten close to getting hurt, I, was, I don't, I try and put my hands down while I'm doing it. Yeah. And one time somebody fell onto my elbow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That can like be bad. Miniature, and I already got a crappy elbow. Yeah. So it doesn't want to go straight. And yep. Just went to straight. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Kels, I love watching you emerge from the bottom of the pile after a tush push. And it's like, you know, in Game of Thrones, that one episode, like Battle of the Bastard, where Jon Snow's like crawling out of all the <laughs> army, like the people in the army. I'll send it to you. But like, that's what it reminds me of. And just look, the look on your face as you're crawling out of the, the bottom of the pile after a tush push is just. Here's what I, I think about that a lot because how do you stop that as a nose guard, man? There's nothing you well, can do. Well, Vita Vea. Tampa Bay stopped. Vita I know, Vea. Vea. No, that was Greg Gaines. Was that all Vita that that was Greg Gaines, bro. Why were they able to he stop it? He did a good job, but uh, I don't know who it was on the right. He did a great job of getting skinny and kind of grabbing Jalen initially. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Well, you can't right. tell the secret. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't know that there's any one way to stop it because there's different ways to set the point of attack and apex. I think that you 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 have to try and take off double teams on the play. Yeah. Right? In my opinion. Or gap it all out. And if yeah. you're gonna gap it all out, you probably go to pushers behind them, like yeah. the old field goal block. Yes. You know when they used to just put in that yep. outlawed? Yep. Um, they allow it on that play to even the playing field. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you have to do. The problem with that is if we aren't running it, you are. Well, you guys have been running great counters off of it, too. The counters always work because yeah. the only way to There's stop. so many numbers inside. Yeah. You want to stop the play, you have to overload the point of attack inside. Yeah. Which makes you susceptible on the edge or for a pass. So I wish we did probably more counters at this point. Yeah. But. It's hard to do a counter when you know you're going to convert right. over 90%. It's, it's of the your time. bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, you know? the, the analytics behind it are like, this is a no brainer. Just well, it was, it was interesting because we were with Drew Brees last night in the suite, yeah. and we were talking about this play from a quarterback's perspective. Oh, from backyard football, Drew Brees. <laughs> no, he, <laughs> I think he was. He probably was. No, he, it, was, it was Drew Bledsoe, backyard football. But anyway, yeah, he used, when I was in Tampa, he was with the Saints, and they used to run a very similar play where he would take it. Like, he scored on this on the, in the goal line twice. Yeah. He would take it and then just elevate the ball over the top. Yes, yep. real quick. Every time. It was, it and was, pull it back in. And then pull it back in. He used to do that all the time, and it's the same philosophy as the tush push. You know? The problem is they didn't always do that quarterback scene and they were under center a lot more like for us we don't do a lot of under center stuff right in the moment it's a short yard situation Jalen's under center right that middle linebacker is trying to jump over and yeah. time the snap yeah we actually who like were playing that old uh, Troy Polamalu shit I forget who we were playing late oh the Giants dude jumped over yeah like early right yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so like they're trying to time it so it's hard to like reach yeah, and then the you know the interior defensive linemen are trying to time it too, like the dude from the Bills. Yes, uh, <laughs> I, have, I, I overreacted to that a little bit. But can I? Can I? Tough play for a, for a D Can tackle. I sell my idea that I had off backyard football? I, Let's go. You're thinking about the kid versions of these players. Yes. How about? A real league for for older football players, and they play tackle football. I'm in. Tell me that would not like well, obviously that sounds perfect for people that never want to retire. There are waivers Chris. that people would have to sign. Some of former NFL players are just older. I'm people. talking about former NFL players. You, I can't play. To eat. That's like, what makes it great. <laughs> that's why everybody retires. You can't play. Anymore. But what did you just say? I can't do it. <laughs> I, I wait. Does that tell you something? Like I can't do it. It's the perfect league for people that just can't hang it up. You know. But think about it. There's a and the unpredictability of it, because Jerry Rice might have been Jerry Rice, but how is he doing it 56 yeah. years it's old? Like we pros don't know. versus Joe. So gambling on it would be really hard. Who's yeah. got the real longevity oh, here? You could do pay-per-view stuff. You know, like it's like you assemble a team, you call out another team. Yeah. Remember what? during the pandemic, they would do these rap battles, yeah. that, like on Instagram, <laughs> where it was like they just pop up and yeah. somebody would profit off it, like you know, in an individual sense. The same thing could happen for like pickup, washed up hey, football. I'll, I'll tell you who I want on my team, Howie Long. No, dude, that's that guy could Howie still Long take... looks great on the outside, but on the inside, Howie Long feels terrible. He'd give you two snaps. Howie looks like, what are those, like Kia? He's just a box. Yeah, he looks it's, like an Autobot. He's the most geometric He looks like an Autobot. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> He does, dude. Yeah. His head is a perfect... Trapezoid. He's not a Decepticon. And, 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 dude, his hair just stands up perfectly every day. It was impressive. I Every time I see him, and I haven't seen him in a long time, it's jarring. How big it's, he is. Yeah. And just how, like, solidly built the cat is. But yeah. also an unbelievable guy, Chris. He saved our lives on, uh, on Flathead, remember? He did. So the story <laughs> is 
Well, he saved our lives, and then he saved me and Lane's life. Yeah. <laughs> He also big rescue guy. so he's he loves doing lake rescues. Yeah, and we're trying to get Kelsey out to Montana one of these years. But Bo comes out every couple years, and uh, you know we we rip it up for a couple of days, and we take the whaler out, which is a little boat. It's fun. Um, yo, dude, there's Ocho. I beat that hey! guy. In I beat that guy in Madden. What up? I beat that guy in Madden. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. Anytime. Interrupt anytime. Anytime you want to come sit, we'll pull up another chair. It's my favorite dude in the world. What a guy. I, I fucking love you, man. <laughs> I fucking love you. I love you. I love you, Ocho. <laughs> Ocho Cinco, everybody. Dude, working with him on Inside the NFL is it's, so, it's incredible. When I was at University of Cincinnati and he was still with the Bengals, yeah. he came out to a practice and was just like showing guys. And it was, you know, when you're in college, you think you're with high caliber athletes. Yeah. It was insane to see how quickly he could change direction, run all the routes. Yeah. He was dicing everybody up. But uh, you know what the cool like, thing about him? Printed in my head. The cool thing about him is, like, he's a triple OG to me. The guy's like in his 40s, although he looks like 30. He looks fantastic. He looks fantastic. He dresses fantastic. Looks way better than I do. But he treats me, you know, like like we're teammates. You know, it's like he's a great teammate. You know, like yeah. we didn't know each other at all. And uh, whether it's him or Ryan Clark, you saw Ryan yesterday, Ryan, yeah. or Channing Crowder, who's awesome, Jay Cutler, yeah. been a lot of fun. It's been a fun show. But back to Montana, me and Lane getting this little whaler, and the ass end of the boat starts sinking because of Lane, and we had too much beef in there. Um, and the thing's got like six inches of water, and it's turning into a foot. So I, yep. what do I do in situations like this? I call my dad. Put your life jacket on. And dad comes out there in his big-ass cobalt. He almost sinks us with his wake. You know, he's definitely, like, proud of the <laughs> boat. Trying to flex on like, you a little bit. <laughs> one time we had these vets in because we do Conquer and Killy, which, which Kelsey's Gosh, done. A couple of the guys, you were Fred, a couple of the guys so all the, on our trip. All these guys are, all these guys, all these guys are at Jimmy. All these guys are out there. And I didn't realize that we were over capacity. Yeah. And the boat starts sinking. And I'm thinking, fuck, man, these vets, they've survived all types of crazy shit. <laughs> and they're going to die in my boat on Flathead Lake. <laughs> you should have seen how quiet this it got. They're going to go at a reunion for a veteran deal that we're, like, supposed to be helping the vets. And, like, I'm taking them out in the boat. And there's all the water start to rise and start pouring out of different parts of the boat. And it got so quiet on the boat. I just look at Chris and we're just like. Call dad. Fuck. Call dad. Yeah. He's there in five By the way, that Killy trip has turned into the greatest. First of all, the experience itself. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And meeting all the guys and everybody. Yeah. The gear you had to get. I still. That gear is held up. Yeah, dude. It's yeah. the best gear I yeah. have. Yeah. The shoes I climb Mount Kilimanjaro with are my walking. Anytime I got to walk. I wore them to Disney The Moabs. The Merrill Moabs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, but then you end up with the gloves and the balaclava. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have things. I can do outdoor exactly. shit. Yeah. So the so conquering Kelly, we do it for water boys. We have veterans and, and athletes up to climb Kilimanjaro. And we raise money for clean water. And Kelsey and Bo have been kind enough to donate nine days of their life. True. And uh, possibly an untold amount of damage yeah. to their bodies because it, this it, is a grind, dude. It is a grind. And you didn't warn me, and I still kind of harbor that against you. This is my favorite Kelsey story, bro. <laughs> the only time me and Kelsey have ever, like, <laughs> bickered, been at each other. Yeah. You know, like, and we both have short fuses, I guess, at times, but it's fair. But we never argue. <laughs> and uh, we were up on Killy, and we get to the top. We have Haloti Nada, Bo, couple three, 330 pounders. I was going 335 almost, pounds when I started that climb, and I was 305 pounds when I finished it. 
You lost so you know. how much? Thirty pounds. That, you legit. I weighed myself in the hotel after. They well, had the scales in the they had room. scales in the hotel room. The funny thing about that trip was there was a battle between Bo and Haloti, <laughs> like because Bo, Bo's sensitive. He is. And I'm Bo, emotional. Bo is an Eeyore. He's he is an Eeyore. He needs the. I'm, con- yeah, he's I'm a poo. All right. He's an so, Eeyore. I'm a poo. Everybody was giving Haloti the credit for being the heaviest guy they've ever seen climb the mountain. This is amazing, Haloti. Bo is like five pounds less than Haloti. And he's getting no love, and no he's love. just getting increasingly furious, but not saying anything because he's too good of a dude mm. to take the shine off of Haloti, who's probably the, one of the most unbelievable guys ever. Haloti is one of my favorite players he's of all great. time, by the way. Like, nice I, cover. I fucking love him. Nice cover just, for you being jealous of him. All hail all God. comments on the side, like, nobody's got on the mountain. We great did job, it. Oh, in, in the back. Let me go scarf the, down some soup at this fucking camp so I can be the biggest guy on the mountain by the time I get He was trying to carb load to outweigh Haloti. Eating beef jerky. Anyways, people would be like, great job. Haloti, can't believe you're doing this. Haloti had this little flag in his backpack that he was yeah. going to retire on top of Kelly. So, like, of course, we're giving him a little extra TLC, but Bo can't fucking handle it. Couldn't handle it. You know, Bo's, uh, Bo's in the back like, they're only talking about Haloti. Oh. <laughs> Why are they? He's only five pounds heavier than me. Hey, let's not distract. Good job, Haloti. Legend. Yeah. All hail Haloti. So we get to the top. By the way, like, everybody summits at different times. I make the mistake when I get over the rim of the volcano at like 18.5, I say, I'm with you the whole way, bro. He's struggling. Yeah. So I keep my promises, man. And he did not make it when everybody else made it this way. Well, it's so funny how we're all like, you know, it's a team effort on the way up. Like, pole, pole. Like, we're all kind of climbing in tandem, like doing all the switchbacks. And then that was frustrating. (laughs) Bro, I remember. We're, we're doing the switchback. I was ready to abandon the it's team. The middle, so, so it's the middle of the night to set the stage. You get up to the last so camp. so dark. Like it is obviously there's not like any light pollution. No light pollution. So it is so dark you can't see without a light on anything. It's like pitch black. You like, certainly can't the, see where you're going. The no. blackest of black. And it was, it was actually probably good we did it at night because yeah. it would have been, it would have looked crazy to try and climb something that high and steep yeah. if there was light. The last 2,500 feet from the last camp to the top feels like forever. And then, like, it's in the darkness of night, so we get up there in the yeah, middle but of the, the day. stars. We take, yeah. a, we take a nap, and then at midnight they wake you up, and they say, we're going to the top. And all you can see is other people's headlamps. Yeah. Yep. And they're very deceptive. So you think you're at the top. You're playing mind games the whole night. Yeah. Yep. You get up to the top. I got to push Haloti like a Ford Ranger. <laughs> like, I'm no, like, you're doing, doing sled pushes all I'm the way up. This. Yeah, I'm sled it pushing. It was an impressive performance, mate. So, we get we get done. Haloti's like oxygen, the whole thing. They got him on a cart like an emperor. The Haloti mobile. They Six dudes from Tanzania are like, they came to work in the morning. They're like, yeah, we're going to. We're going to guide some fucking Westerners up the mountain. They're going to be 170 pounds. They're going to be mountain. Nope. We have to get a gurney for a 350-pound man and man wheel him down the mountain yeah. to the next. So we're all they waiting. were unfazed too. We're all waiting at the tent. No, they were they were phased. They were pissed <laughs> they were, off. They were pissed. So I'm waiting outside the tent, and I'm wait. You know, we're kind of welcoming guys face. back, and we're like, "Hello, to you, you're okay." Bo's in the corner. He's pissed off. Oh, I was throwing up on my shoes. Puking. He's throwing up on his shoes. We're laughing at him. Kelsey comes down the mountain. I'm like, "Oh, I get a good hug from my boy." Me and Connor are down there, Connor Barwin. Kelsey comes down, and he looks like when Kelsey's mad and gets a personal foul. <laughs> and I'm like, what's going on? And he comes up, and I go out for the hug, and he's like, don't fucking hug me. He goes, he goes, you told me this shit was easy. Yeah. This shit was not easy. There was nothing easy. And, and, and so we're arguing in the tent, and I'm like, well, just 
you know, I go around the room. I'm like, did you Google this trip? Did you Google this trip? Connor, did you know it was going to be hard? He's like, yeah, Kelsey, I knew it was going to be hard. You know, it's a 20,000-foot mountain. Well, Kelsey and I also trained really hard for it. Uh, we spent the week before Achilles in Hawaii. Yep. Did a really, yeah, did a really – I bet you trained, trained really, really hard in Hawaii. Yeah. I bet well, you – The idea was, like, we were trying to um, – you know, get as much oxygenation as possible into our bloodstream. It was smart. Dehydrate so let's go to a, a Pacific possible. island. That's we wanted to go like to the lowest possible sea level area where there's as much oxygen. You want to shock your body. Saturate our system. You want to shock Just your body. Like yeah. oxygen load. Yeah. It worked well. Kyle. Yeah, yeah. You guys did great, man. Yeah. It was an awesome trip. Thanks. I, I did good. I did good, Chris. Huh? I did good. You did awesome, Thanks, bro. Man. You did awesome. Even though on the way back you were puking on your shoes. Yeah. Uh, and upset with us. Let's talk some Super Bowl stuff. Let's talk about it. Love it. Uh, so it's Kels. Obviously, the three of us were on the Eagles uh, in in Minnesota when we won the Super Bowl. Good times, Kels. I see you got your ring on. I actually Facetimed Chris. I was like, "Hey, are you gonna wear your ring out to the Super it, Bowl?" And he's like, "No, no, me? I'm not doing it. I'm not wearing my ring." I never. Well, first of all, he has two. True. But also, I, if you're Jason, you're like, "Why they won the Super Bowl?" True. What are you doing? The only reason. No, but I'm saying, like, you're like at least a fifth of why they won the Super Bowl. If me and Bo wear our rings out, it's like, oh, cool. We were in the team picture. Look at these guys with their rings. Dude, I. Bro, I like three assisted tackles that game, bro. Come on. I'm doing a podcast with the guys that I won the Super Bowl with. Oh, you have a podcast? No, but, like, it makes sense yeah. for you to wear your ring and the Rolex. Yeah. Like, you playing poker He's with the ring. Do you don't have your Rolex either? No, I didn't bring it, but it's dope. I don't like Let's losing. Let's talk, talk about the Rolex, uh, Kels, because I get a lot of questions about this, and honestly, this is, like, probably one of my favorite I, yeah, things. Okay, so the story behind it is, is awesome. So, Super Bowl rings aren't fun to wear. First of all, you feel kind of like a douche a little yeah. bit, I feel like. When That's you're what I mean. It. Yeah. it feels like you're like, oh, look at me. I want a Super Bowl. Like we get it. Yeah. Um, the, But... And they're also really big and clunky. Like, it's already giving me a blister on my finger. They're not comfortable. Yeah, you get a blister. So we all decided, along with a couple other guys on the team, let's just have Rolexes made w commemorating the Super Bowl. Well, you were shit-talking everybody that was wearing all these fancy watches. I don't, you're like, it's a bracelet. Like, why would you ever wear a, I'm not a, big a watch fancy bracelet? You're right. But I, I feel like if there's one time to wear a fancy. It pairs good with the Carhartt. <laughs> yeah, Rolex and Carhartt. Blue collar look. Is there anybody else in the state of Nevada that has Carhartt and a Rolex on right now? And sandals. And sandals. Nobody on. And nobody in America. Uh, but Kels, the best thing about the the watch is that you know Selleck gets so excited about something. Yeah. You have no option but to just ride his wave and get For sure. it. Get but he was right. Equally, he was. 100% right. But Selleck gets so juiced about something, and, like, it's like this childlike enthusiasm that you have no option but to just, like, yeah, I'm on board, man. And so Selleck kind of spearheaded the whole thing. Yep. It's fun because you have one. They got the dog one. mask on the I inside, dude. It's easily my favorite bracelet I own. <laughs> um, yeah, favorite bracelet. So, you know, Eagles fans want us to ask you about the Eagles this year. Like, I, I dude, I felt for you. Like, you know, we're boys, and, like, I'll text to check in, but I hate – I hate doing that, especially now because I'm in the media and it's like, am I fishing for like why things are going wrong and shit? So like, I'll text you every once in a while, but yeah. there's nothing I can say. It was like me talking about texting you the night where I'm not sure if you're retiring, the whole world's not sure. Like, what can I tell you as your boy? Yeah. How hard was was that, man? Because you've been here, you were here a year ago. We've won it. You guys start so hot. It's almost like you guys set yourself up for an unrealistic kind of standard with that start. Yeah, I mean, I think we had a yeah. Obviously, we had a great start to the year, and to f fizzle out like that is really difficult. Um, I don't know that the expectations 
were like un, I guess, uh, unattainable or like too high. But, you know, we just, I don't know. There was a lot of things that led to it. Obviously, schedule was really difficult in the way it happened. Um, injuries timed up. And then we, it just felt like it was one thing after the other. And a lot of times it didn't coincide with what happened before. Like, we play San Fran. Offense doesn't move the ball very well, but it's not blitz. Then feel like we're getting the offense figured out, and then we play Wink Martindale in New York, and it's like we can't execute against the blitz to save our life. So I think you know it's hard to really put your finger on it. We all tried to get it fixed, and it never really worked. And I think now they'll have more time as a coaching staff to really look uh, reflectively at you know what they could have done or what we could have done as players better and move forward. I think I think they'll have it figured out much better next year. But it's also hard for the staff. You just pointed it out to come off a Super Bowl where you don't have as much time to prep for the next season. I mean, it's hard for the yeah, players. Whenever, I mean, it's hard to go back to the Super Bowl. That's why it's impressive that Kansas City's back here again. Um, you know, the last team to repeat has been uh, the Patriots, right? Yeah. So. You know, you have a shortened off season. Usually when you're in the Super Bowl, you're going to have new coordinators. You're going to have a lot of new staff members. So there's your key it, players it, it will feels, leave in free agency because they've played well yeah. to get you to a Super Bowl or not even the key players. Yeah. The guys that really end up making a meaningful difference. Yeah. You didn't know they were guys, players. but like you think, hey, you know, you don't know until they're gone how much they actually like a Patrick Robinson. Patrick like Robinson when he left the year or after. like Selleck or yeah, Bo Allen, Selleck, Bo. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. T.J. Edwards just last year. I thought T.J. was a guy that was really, really smart. And um, not to – I mean, listen, I think he's a special player and had a great year in Chicago. Yeah. I think it's it's hard. I mean, Isaac Sayumalu. Yeah, we knew it was yeah, going to be dude. difficult. Yeah, I we everybody in the old line room n- knew how great he was, but it's just hard to keep guys around. Everybody's going to get paid. Yeah, when you everybody plays well. So, um, anyways, those are a lot of excuses. I still think we could have done. But they're better. all real. It's yeah, real. No, it, like when you're on a team that's struggling, people think you can just flip the switch or it's all mental. Like, and there is a mental aspect of it. And I wonder, you know, how much of it was was this this year where it's like. When things go wrong on a team yeah. enough, people start expecting them to go wrong. And you start sure. feeling yeah. like, in this situation, what's the thing that's going to pop and you, up? And you're doing your best to snap people out of that. Everybody yeah. is. Right? Yes. Like, you're trying, like, you know, you'll flip out in practice just to, like, try and snap something. And you? Yeah. <laughs> Which you'll, seems like it's supposed to work, right? You, know, you, you go out and you're like, hey, we're all going to go out to a team dinner. And we're going to, like, you, you do things to try and snap it. You try things a little bit different offensively or defensively to, you know, maybe we can, like, get out of this. And it just felt like we, we, we never could catch up with it this year. I mean, yeah. that's what it felt like. And at each step, we thought we were going to get it, and then it would be another one. And that was – I mean, it was one of the roughest stretches in my career. Yeah. I mean, losing six or seven games, that is that's – a, that's a tough stretch no matter how you start. Well, it's just a reminder because you were, you were helpful to me when I retired, you know, and you, you people are – hey, is Jason coming back? Is he not? I, I, I think – and I said this on my show, this show – when people were asking me, what do you think Jason does? I said, Jeff Fisher told me something that I always remembered, and it's don't retire in a J month. Yeah. Don't retire in January. Don't retire in June or July. Mm-hmm. In January, it's too fresh. You don't know really who, who you are at that moment. There's yep. too much baggage from the season. Your body feels terrible. And then don't do it in July because you're, you're probably running away from camp. At that yeah. Point. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but I, I think – you know, that's the risk. You know, when people are like, hey, come back for another year. It's not like the NBA 
where you get to come back for another year and get on a bunch of flights and hang out with your boys and it's yeah. basketball and if you're losing when you lose in the NFL it's demoralizing it's emasculating Truly. it's it's it ruins your mental. So much of what makes football fun is the camaraderie behind yeah. it, is, is the togetherness, yeah. is, is winning and executing with your teammates. So regardless of how you're performing individually, it's not fun when you're not winning. And it, that's it the is, risk. That's yeah, the risk of sure. coming back. You're like, well, yeah, I could come back and we could do what we did last year, and it could be like everything could fall fall in place. Yeah. When I came, when I almost came back in 19, I came into Jim Schwartz's office. We had a three-hour meeting. Yeah. And I decided not to play again. You yep. know this whole yes, story. Yeah. But a year later, I'm like, boy, I'm glad I didn't come back. Yeah. Because 2019 was rough as a as a friend and a fan and it was terrible. Yeah. You know, like you just never know what the next year is going to be. So I guess for people wondering how you feeling about the whole thing, and you don't know yeah. anything, do you? You're still trying to figure it out. I'll say this: I, I feel really confident that the Eagles are going to be good next year. Yeah. I still think they have great talent. I still think they have great coaches. They've added two new coaches in yeah. Kellen Moore. And, well, I don't even know. Is Kellen officially? I think he's. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he's there. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Kellen and Vic are obviously really talented, well-respected coaches. So they're going to have a whole offseason to figure out what's stalled out, what they can do to improve it. And with not just the coaches, but all the people in that building, I really think uh, they're going to come back with a vengeance. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a tremendous year next yeah. year. Um, I, I am very confident the Eagles are going to be very, very good. So I'm trying not to let that affect what's happening because I really want the decision of whether I'm going to play to just be based on you. whether I want to do it. They Selfishly, I need to make that decision of can I commit, can I mentally be there, and do I want to like endure that again. Um, winning helps that, but I, I think that – you know, you, you're trying to not factor that in, I guess, in the decision. Well, and, Kels, we've talked about this a lot. I mean, you you are somebody that has put so much of yourself into not only, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles organization, but the city itself, too. I yeah. feel like there's everybody in the city of Philadelphia sees a lot of themselves in Jason Kelsey. And it's hard to, you know, think about not having that anymore. So I think you got to find ways to stay involved one way or the other, whether it's, you know, still playing or, or, or something beyond that. Luckily, there's the podcast where I'll still be able to stay a connection with the fans. But there is something very, um, I don't know, there's a feeling that you get, I think, the closer you get to stop playing, that you really start to grasp, you know, what the team and the organization means to the fans and to the city. and what an honor it's been to, to, to be able to go out there and represent the city. Yeah. And um, you, you grasp it when you're younger, but the more you play, especially in one area, yeah. and the more people tell you that when you're walking down the street, uh, the more I think you realize that that is something that, you're, you're, you know, everybody is going to miss when they stop. Yeah, and, and I think for somebody like me or Bo, who hadn't played in Philly their whole career, right. when we get there, it's obvious. Yeah. But for guys that have been there their whole career, it's all they know. Yeah. It's not like that other places. Right. And so, I guess my question without asking you, are you retiring? Because that's the dumbest question because of what I just said. <laughs> Don't retire in a J month. He's not going to do it here in front of a Tacoma. <laughs> all right? Um, not on Toyota. If you're going to do it in front of any truck, do it in front of a Toyota, but you're not doing it. Um, what excites you about the prospect of retirement whether it's this year or next year or two years yeah. from now because I remember towards the end of my career I was fantasizing about like what life's like without this burden you know because it is an awesome honor and a privilege but it's also 
man, this, this business will wear you down, and it's all you know. And the other side, you're like, is the grass greener? I got all these ideas of things I want to do. What are those things for you? Um, you know, obviously, the podcast with Trav is doing well, and I want to keep doing that. Um, it's, it's exciting to think about possibilities. But it's waking also up, waking up not sore. It's, it's exciting to be able to yeah. you know lose weight, feel good, and not have to like physically fight for my life every day. <laughs> um, but I think um, it's also daunting, and it's 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 anxiety, and you you at the end of the day. It's the unknown. Yeah. And I tell us all the time, like people are like, you know, do you get nervous for games? The only games I get nervous for are like the first time I'm doing something. So like yeah. my first game in the NFL, nervous is all get out, yeah. right? Because you don't know what's in store. Um, the first time you're playing a premier player, you're a little bit more nervous. You're ancient. Like first time I'm playing Dexter Lawrence, I'm like, yeah, this guy looks pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a little nervous. I got, but so, And ironically, sometimes it makes you play better. I feel like because yeah. it like makes your senses alive yeah but um that's kind of where it's at when you start thinking about retirement you know yeah. there's it's exciting there's there's the possibilities i mean you can you all of us were fortunate we can go in a lot of different areas right, right? and i think that's exciting but it's also very nerve-wracking because at the end of the day you don't know you don't know what you're going to like until you're doing it you don't know what you're going to get fulfillment in until you're doing it you don't know what you're going to be great at until you're doing it so all that stuff is uh also in the back of your head scary too yeah uncharted no territory for you no it is scary yeah. it's a hard couple years oh yeah. believe me i know chris and no matter how you handle it and i've heard this from everybody i've heard it from you i've heard it from selling like no matter who you are how well you know prepared you are to enter the next stage everybody goes through a a, a level of depression really or it is like ups like you're, you're, you're the end of what you, one of the things you love most in your life is is there, and you're going to have to come to grips with that. I don't know what the five stages are off the top of my head of grieving, yeah. but yeah, I swear to you, I think you I think you go through <laughs> the five stages, dude, yeah. with your career. Sure. Yeah. And I bet if I went back and looked at the last four or five years, I'd be like, yeah, that's where I was, that's where I was, that's where I was. <clears throat> and you're so equipped to think I'm okay. Yeah. You have to, like, convince yourself you're okay. You have to convince yourself as a football player, I can do this. Sometimes you're struggling. You don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the people around you know it, but you don't know it because you're like, survive, 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 yeah. survive, survive. <laughs> well, I kind of equate it to this, Chris, and you've, you've been on different teams, so you, you've experienced this, but when you sign with different teams, you have to almost reinvent yourself. You have to figure out what your role is going to be on a new team. You have to make new friends, meet new teammates, kind of figure everything out. Uh, and that's how that's how it's kind of been for me in retirement a little bit. You got to reinvent yourself. You got to understand what life's going to be like, and it's like going to you know it's a whole new and world. You got to understand other people. There's no Lane Johnsons at work. Yeah. And what are like, yeah. what are you, and maybe because you said something that so like every, every you might be struggling and you don't know it. I feel like you struggle in football, but whenever you get a win or something, yeah. you get like that little shot. The victories of, are very victory. black and white. That's why Dopamine. you do it. Yeah. It, it. You're like I, I got it. Yes. I got it. And um, what are the victories? Hanging out with you your buddies so, at the Super so, Bowl. What are the victories? So, Hanging so out with your buddies so, at the Super Bowl. That's so, that's such an, <laughs> but that's such an interesting question, Jason, because I think the best way I can describe it is there are no big victories. The big victories are in your life. Like, yeah. you're, you, you know, you're... You're, you're a parent. You're a... You're Seeing a, your kids smile. You're, yeah, like, they're every day. They're little things, but... 
Retirement's like this, and that's a challenge for a lot of guys. We're used to this and this and this and this, like week to week, season to season, practice to practice. Dude, we're riding the wave, and we get these incredible highs, but we get the incredible lows. So when you walk out that door, you say, okay, you trade in the highs, Mm -hmm. but you don't get the lows as much, not like the acute lows. Right. You just got to be better at this, which is a fucking challenge. I've always been terrible itself. at that. Yeah. It's a challenge in and of I'm itself. I'm a big hit guy. I go. <laughs> but the reward is yeah. when you figure out how to live like this. Right. Yeah. Because if you can unlock that, like you're, you're like, I am happier than when I played football. You're going to miss football. Right. There's going to be playoff games and night and Sunday night games where you're going to sit there and say, I can do what that guy's doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But your body's usually playing a trick on you, right. you know, because <laughs> sitting on the couch, you, you feel great. But can you do all the things? That, that necessitates being a fo- pro football player. If you're no longer able to wake up and be excited about coming to work, then you don't have it in you. Yeah. Sure. You know? So. Speaking of waking up and getting excited to go to work, Kels, how exciting has the podcast been with uh, Travis this year? It's been great. It's been uh, our second year. I think, um, you know, we've, we've gotten a lot better at it, I think. Um, it's I mean, you're no green light, but you guys are, you guys are no all question right. About that. No, they're really good, man. Well, you, I feel like, uh, first of all, we have a tremendous team. Our input is very minimal. We just talk. They lay everything out for us. Intern Brandon does a phenomenal job. And I think it's been fun doing it another year um, and talking to my brother and I've never, I haven't been this connected with Travis over the last two years since college. Yeah. And I think that that's been one of the best, probably the best thing of the podcast. It forces us, because we're brothers. Like before this, we would go months yeah. <laughs> on our own deal without talking to well, like, I mean, Chris like understands text, with Kyle. You, know, know? you, you would yeah. text, you, you would send like you know, a funny video or something like that, but truly like sit down and talk with him. It would be a long time. Yeah. Um, doing this once a week, we were going to sit down and talk and we were going to have very meaningful conversations, fun conversations conversations and really know where each of us are at in their lives and that's the most fun part about it um you know it's 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 reached a higher level uh thanks to a lot of different factors um, including my brother's love life but i think you know it's it's fun to see people enjoy it um and it's fun to see where it's at, yeah. So let's talk about that. Famous uh, girlfriends, uh, and everybody wants to know the answer. What do you think about Josh Allen's girlfriend? <laughs> um, isn't she, uh, who, who is she? Haley, Haley Stein, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. And what does she do? She's an actress. Actress, True Grit. True Grit. True Grit, True Grit. great movie. She's been in a lot of other She's movies. She's been in a lot of stuff, think, yeah. But. All right, so last question for you. Jason Kelsey's been awesome with his time. Um, you know, for his boys, man, for his boys. We appreciate the dude. Yeah, uh, what a guy. New Heights, it's awesome. What's Who's a bucket list guest for you? And then I'll ask you for Greenlight, yeah. who's a bucket list guest for you? Uh, I mean, my bucket list is Greenlight. We need to get you guys on the show. Yeah, I think we're, we're funny you say that, Kels. <laughs> it is funny <laughs> you swing say by that. Actually, though, I, I, before we move on completely, I want to ask you. Because he's got to go in a second. Giant, creepy, golden baby situation. Oh, the trophy. Yeah, we yeah. just unveiled. So we're trying to do. I think it's creepy. I think it's awesome. Fan competitions and stuff like that. And uh, I'm going to win the baby. You got to win the baby. Baby Bo. That baby will stay with the show. Everybody who wins oh. a competition will be able to sign that baby. And they'll get a miniature 24-karat gold version of that baby. Oh, sick. Um, How's the resale value of yeah, something like that? I, I know. If we it's creepy, bro. It you bulk, look at it and it stares into your soul. It's a price for us. <laughs> that baby is 104 pounds cast bronze. Um, 
I think all in, we're in the six figures trying to make that happen. I want that baby. <laughs> I'm gonna win that baby. They have a budget for a golden baby. Yeah. No, it was my. Nobody else wanted to do that. <laughs> Travis is like, you're in moron for Travis. Bro, I don't get it. I don't know if I like it or not, but I'm gonna make that baby mine. I like it. I'm I gonna win the, the baby. And I saw it. You gotta win a competition. Um. Bucket list guest for us on Greenlight, Danny DeVito. We were talking earlier oh, in the pod about, like, if you've ever been starstruck. Yeah. Uh, the only time I've ever been starstruck in my life. Kelsey and I came out, and we did a episode on It's Always Sunny, and they were great to us. It was really fun. But when, when kind of Rob was bringing us through the studio, introducing us to everybody, like, we met Caitlin, his wife, and yep. Charlie Day, and, like, everyone was so cool to us. And they was like, oh, I'll, I'll introduce you to Danny. And I'm like, oh, my God, Danny DeVito. And he comes out, he's wearing a bathrobe, nothing else. No way. Danny DeVito in a bathrobe. The day before I got there, I didn't get to see that. Yeah, you didn't get to see Danny in the bathrobe. And, uh, and, but it wasn't even weird. It was like, oh, Danny DeVito's in a bathrobe. That's the most natural thing in the world. And he's this tall, dude. He's like, hey, Danny, nice to meet you. Like, firm handshake. And then just kind of 5'3". Maybe on a good day. Like a, like a roster height. And uh, Austin Scott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darren Sproles. And then uh, he just walked away in his bathrobe. And it was an incredible experience. I'd love to get Well, Danny work your DeVito. connections. Maybe we can get him on. Yeah. My answer is Willie Nelson. Everybody yeah. knows that. Uh, Jason. Uh, did he just do like, is, is he still touring? Or is he done? He's, he's, I saw him. Cause he just came to Philly and I missed he's it. He's still doing stuff because I went to the, I went to the, the 90th birthday party at, at the Hollywood Bowl this off season. Yeah. So he was doing songs up there, but it was dope. Dude, they had like everybody. Sh- you have a show lined up. Yeah. I would love to see Willie before. Let's go. Let's go. I got like. You should have gone to the Hollywood Bowl. It was incredible. My, what's your favorite? My favorite album is, is IRS tapes. Oh, Redheaded Stranger. That's a good one. Redheaded Stranger is the best country album of all time in my opinion the whole thing's a story the reason i like irs tapes is just because it's just him yeah it's just acoustic and it feels like very yeah like i don't know intimate Uh, i mean he's made he's made 200 albums they're all great man right imagine willie nelson at the sphere all right guys jason kelsey everybody appreciate you coming by dog thanks Thanks for having me guys yeah we love you man man. honor love you Listen, this guy was an absolute dog. I I had to see him twice a year and I still talk about him cuz my neck's so fucked up. <laughs> and I and I think once a week I'm in the studio like I think this was Vernon Davis. I can't turn my head all the way to the left and I think it's Vernon Davis. And so we don't get to see each other a lot, but we had some battles, man, and one of my favorite players to play against. We go at each other's throats, but we were always respectful of each other. And I just got so much respect for you, bro. It's great to see you. Vernon Davis is joining us in the Toyota studio. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. It's good Good to be here. Good to see you, you guys. Um, it's, it's great. Uh, 49ers are in the Super Bowl, so that's a, that's a plus for me. Yeah. But uh, everything's going well. Dude, we had – I just want to talk about the old NFC West. I mean, it's uh, again, there's great teams in there. But back when we played, bro – Y'all's group was so physical, and Seattle was so physical. We had the defensive front, but, like, I don't want to leave Arizona out. But those games were like dogfights, bro. What are your memories of the NFC West when, we, when your teams were really good and how physical it was? Um, yeah, I mean, that was those some good days, man. Very physical. That's when, um, that's when guys were really bringing at me, most, both, both 
up front defensively for you guys, yeah. um, uh, the secondary. But it was it was it's something to remember. It's, the game's not the same anymore. No, it's changed a little bit. It, it's changed. It's changed. And uh, but it was those were some good times, memories I'll take with me for the rest of my life, playing against guys like you and just holding on to that experience, man. Because there's no greater experience than experience I had playing on Sundays and games against you guys. It was incredible, yeah. man. And I miss the old candlestick. I don't know if you've been to the new stadium a bunch. Levi's, have you been to Levi's a bunch? Oh, Levi's, uh, not a bunch. Um, well, I played in it quite a, at the end. Yeah, you played yeah, it at the end. Played it at the end, but not not as much as Candlestick. Because I missed that old stadium. Yeah. Oh, Candlestick was amazing. Like Just, it was, it was definitely like oh. about to fall down. Yeah, but I, I miss those old stadiums, yeah. like the vibe. You know, it's great to go to Seattle, and it's super live and it's state of the art. But the the old stadiums were my favorite. Um, Jim Harbaugh was a big part of that run. And I can remember, and I point this out, when he got hired, the first year when he came in, it was a lockout year, wasn't it? It was a lockout year, yeah. And y'all found a way to turn that team around with Alex Smith as quarterback, who I think is a really good quarterback, doesn't get enough credit, but he's certainly not like a Mahomes-type guy. 13-3 and that first year. Mm-hmm. So Jim Harbaugh walks in the door. You got old vets and young guys and new people, new pieces what was the first impression of him? Was there any, like, damn, this guy's different. I don't know if he's going to stick. Yeah, no, I knew right away that he was, he was going to be around for a while because of his, his energy and enthusiasm. I mean, he, the, what he was talking about, he was talking about plays and how he was going to desi- design them for the tight ends, the, the, the wide receivers. And he, he felt like he was a – he didn't feel like a coach. He felt like a, a teammate. Yeah. He felt like a teammate that was calling the shots. And I knew it was something special about him. And he, was, he had this unique ability to be able to get guys to rally behind him. I mean, one day he came out, and he was suited from head to toe. Cleats, helmet, no. shoulder pads, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was suited. And he went out, and he was with the, he was with the, the, the number two offense, right? <laughs> that, Harbaugh ran with the twos. He ran with the twos. I like that. He ran with the twos, the number two offense, and he was out there just slinging, man. It was it was crazy. Could he still throw it? Yeah. He was throwing. <laughs> he did pretty good. It was it was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. I was like, this guy's this guy's hilarious, man. What do you think? Helmet, helmet on, helmet on, full helmet, pads. everything, full pads, man. But he's also he's like, and I'm because I, I love the hire in LA. I think it's amazing. I think it's a great hire, that, and I think they're gonna be super happy with him because I said it. I played him twice a year. Yeah. But he's different, like. Is he hard to relate to, or is that something for the people outside? Like, when he connects with his guys, you know, I'm sure he's different than the guy you see in an interview. Yeah, he's different than the guy you see in, a, in an interview. Yeah, he's totally different. I mean, this guy, he's, he's a he's, – he's a play, he played. He played yeah. football, so yeah. he's – the energy and the vibe that you get from him is totally different than any other coach. But he's totally – when he's in that locker room, he's all about football. He's football to the T, man. Yeah, I'm psyched to see him coaching again, man. And I think the guys won at every level – He's up there with anybody. I mean, very few guys win in college and win in the pros, so I'm excited to see him coach again. What do you think about the game this week? Do you still follow these guys a lot? Yeah, I follow these guys. I think this is going to be a, it's going to be a tough game for both teams, offensively, defensively, because we, we have two good teams going head-to-head. I mean, Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. Uh, but he's uh, he's taking a lot of he's getting a lot of criticism right now. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, we know what he's going to come out and do, yeah. but. This game can go any way. You just never know. We have yeah. to be prepared for the unexpected. So we'll see. Yeah, no question. I think it's going to be a tight game, and I think both teams are going to want to run the ball, right? Because I think they both can. You got a score prediction? Uh, 
I think it's going to be really close, man. It's going to be one of those. We might be looking at an overtime game. Okay. I go overtime. High scoring or low scoring? You know, I like to bet the totals here, Vernon. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Okay. Yeah. Like a 23 20 type. I, I think it's going to be a low scoring okay. game, man. It is. All right. So tell me about what you're doing since football, man, because every time I see you, you're doing something else really cool that has nothing to do with football. And you've always been that guy that had other interests. Yeah. Absolute dog on the field, but you had other interests off the field, like movies. Did I hear Morgan Freeman? Oh, well, I have a, well, we do, I do have a movie that's popular on Hulu right now with yeah. Morgan Freeman. It's called The Ritual Killer. I played a serial killer with Morgan Freeman. Oh, that figures. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that I just that fucking a, figures. I just did a, just did a movie with uh, Steven Spielberg and his daughter. No way. Oh. I'm a star in that one with uh, Michelle Dockery. No way. It's uh, going to be pretty cool. But the, but the coolest experience I have is working with a group called Smirnoff. Diageo's the parent company. Yeah, yeah. They've uh, they've been truly amazing. I mean, like even some of the connections that they've given me with the um, with my life after football. Yeah, it's been awesome. But Smirnoff Smash is one of their most innovative products that they've been working on. You know, innovation occurs when when you understand the world and you figure out what people want. Yeah. They've done that so many times. Um, this Smirnoff Vodka Smash has 100 calories. That's good which for is us. Great. Right. It takes. It. This is good, man, because. It takes me 10 minutes to burn 100 calories, and I can burn these calories off quick. quick. Yeah, you quick. Think to have a Smirnoff smash, go for a quick run. <laughs> quick. But we also have a pickle bowl competition with uh, Kay Adams as my partner. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kay. Yeah, it's 2.30 p.m. on yeah. Saturday. Okay. What, it's going to be awesome, man. Pickle bowl. Pickle bowl. Pickle bowl. Pickle bowl. Pickle bowl. Got to get bowl. Yeah. Pickle bowl, yeah. We got to sample some of that Smirnoff smash. Yeah, we definitely Because uh, Nate, Nate loves trying new drinks. <laughs> I get a case of that Smirnoff smash yes, right here. A case. <laughs> and I want to cancel all my afternoon interviews because I'm going to be I'm going to be toasted. Um, I, I, have, I have one question. I want to I want to ask you like emotionally being on a team and getting traded at the deadline but then ending up on a Super Bowl team like how does that how does that work for you like emotionally during the season knowing you're about to get or if you knew or not that you were about to get traded during the deadline but get to a new team, and then end up winning the Super Bowl. But well, that happened to me. No, that's what I'm saying. Denver Broncos, Super Bowl 50, I was – But when was, you got traded, how I just finished feeling? playing the Saint Louis, against the St. Louis Rams. What year was that? That was 2015. Yeah, I was all hurt, so I wouldn't even like, – Yeah, thank you. I thank, thank you for that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did my job a lot. Be, like, you're welcome, bro. Man, I was gimping. Man, I was happy. as happy as day <laughs> ever, man. God, this guy, this guy was crazy, man. This Go guy was so hard. Dude, he's probably the hardest defender I ever had to go against. <laughs> like this guy and Jared Allen, but the guys that they were tough, man. They they didn't make they, those guys were awesome. But anyway, getting traded, going going into the office that morning, I knew something was up. There was I knew something. I just felt the tension, and I go in and then Trent Balk at the time, general manager, said, "We're gonna we're gonna trade you," and. I'm, like, getting emotional because I was like, I was with this team for 10 years, and now you're going to send me off. But I understood it was a business, yep. and it was bittersweet. So I left, went to Denver, bada bing, bada boom, ended up winning Super Bowl 50. That was an incredible game, too. It was an incredible game. <laughs> it was a fun team to probably be on with Peyton at the end and that sort of thing. I hear he's a great teammate. Oh, Peyton's awesome. When Funny I first got hell. there, I walked in. I, he was calling me as I was walking in. He's like, oh, 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 oh come in, bro. Come in. Come see me when you get in the office, bro. I, I got one something for you, bro. I think you can play Peyton in a biopic. <laughs> hey, I can't wait to watch your movies, bro. I'm just a big fan of Vernon Davis. Great dude. For a Maryland Terrapin, 
I mean, I don't like a lot of those guys, but this dude, he's awesome. So uh, thanks for coming by, and great seeing you, man. Thank you. Congrats on all the success. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks to Toyota and the brand new Toyota Tacoma, we'll be broadcasting from the NFL Media Center in Las Vegas from the most badass set in all of Radio Row. That's right, the all new 2024 Toyota Tacoma with its trail dominating power, legendary capability and captivating style is arriving in dealerships. And it's arriving at the 2024 Super Bowl in Las Vegas as we are helping Toyota launched the all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma. That's right. It's going to be right next to me. You'll be able to see the all-new best-selling midsize pickup in America featured on the Greenlight podcast set recorded from the Tacoma content studio. The all-new Toyota Tacoma dares you to come out and play. The all-new 2024 Toyota Tacoma, the most powerful Tacoma ever, is your chance to experience trail-dominating power, legendary capability, and captivating style. It's time to make your off-roading dreams come true. With the 2024 Toyota Tacoma, a truck that's tough on the trail and easy on the eyes, electrifying power, maximum torque, the all-new Toyota Tacoma is the most powerful Tacoma ever. Toyota, the official automotive partner of the NFL. Joining me from our beautiful Toyota studio. By the way, Devontae, that's a good-looking truck, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, dude, I think we can get you in a pickup truck, man. Uh, um, we got Devontae Smith from the Eagles, uh, one of my favorite players on the Eagles. I told him off stage, man, I said, I got kids that watch the game now, and my 7-year-old, he thinks he knows everything, and we're watching the game, and I said, you need to watch this guy right here because he does everything right. I think he's perfect for Philly. He's a great player, so... Without further ado, I want to welcome Devontae Smith. How you doing, dude? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me. Of course, bro. Of course. Up and down year, we can talk about that and everything. We just talked about it with Kelsey, but I know you guys are going to bounce back. The first thing I want to talk to you about, dude, me and a couple buddies this year, we had a weekend where our wives said, go do what you want to do. And we went down to a game in Tuscaloosa. And my kids are going to go to Alabama, dude. I am... I got an Alabama flag in the podcast studio now. We went to Galette's. You know Galette's. I mean, he doesn't go out much, but he probably been um, Walked in the stadium. It was like nothing I ever seen, dude. When you walk through the tunnel and it opens up and you see all the fans, I was like, this is, this is football heaven, man. Talk to me about going from Tuscaloosa to Philly. It's like you, you hit the jackpot twice with the place you played. Yeah, like you said, um, hit the jackpot twice. Definitely, you know, two places that love their sports. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, Tuscaloosa. It's nothing there. Nothing there. No, dude, not around it. Yeah, it's nothing there at all. So it's all football. You know, basketball team is doing good. So it's all sports. And, you know, Philly, sports town. They love their sports and things like that. So it's kind of it's kind of similar in that way. Have you uh, – do you remember a moment that that stadium got louder than – than any time you played there. I'm talking about uh, down in Tuscaloosa. What was the loudest moment? Um, I'll probably say any any night game or any time you was playing Auburn. Uh, you know, the, the plays get crazy, especially, you know, touchdowns being scored, yeah. defense getting a lot of turnovers and things, man. The, the stadium would be rocking. We did LSU. We went down there for the LSU okay. game. That's a good game to pick. It was incredible, dude. I'm a total Bama guy now. Um, 
So I wanted to talk to you about route running, man, because I think I think you're obviously surgical when it comes to you know your technique and and getting out of breaks, and I think there's some commonality with pass rush. Yeah. I agree. What's yeah. up, dude? Sorry. Yeah. Got a little delayed. I was talking yeah, with Jordan. Uh, Jordan Mylotta is going to pop by and walking Kelsey out, man. It's like fucking Elvis has left the building. Yeah, I can't fucking. My, my employees are all over the place. They're partying. I'm here working. Like, <laughs> oh, well, well, I'm back. But but yeah. the route running, though. Yeah, like, there's, it's a lot like pass rushing, because especially when a guy's up on you on press. Like, I played in Tampa with Mike Evans, and he, he's hitting, like, counter hump moves almost yeah. on these corners that are up in press on him. But it's so technical. It's fun to watch you guys kind of develop uh, ways to get separation. You know, because it's a lot like pass rushing. Yeah, do you ever watch, like, us do indie <laughs> and, like, think about going over there and getting some reps? I, I actually – I do watch the um, D-linemen. Uh, they be, like, racing at the beginning there so you can get off the ball fast. Yeah. I do watch that, and I enjoy that. Yeah. What do you think the key is to being a great route runner? Do you think it's a body type? Do you think it's a certain athleticism, quick feet, or what is it? Um, I think it's being able to react because sometimes you're going to have to react to what the DB do. You know, some you're not going to win every rep. Sometimes they're going to, you know, get the first move and you're going to have to react to them. And sometimes it's about you just making them react to you. So it's being able to react and being able to make them react. So basically you walk up to the line kind of like us. Yeah. you got a plan. You've watched tape. But you don't know what kind of set he's going to give you. Yeah. Like for us, we might get short setted. You might get you might get jammed yeah. and not expect or, to get. Or jammed. some you got to scout the guys. Like some guys have long arms. You know what I mean. Some guys have short arms. Some it's sometimes it's a taller, rangier quarterback. Like. I don't know, Car Carlton Davis or Kyle Hamilton or, or something like that, and you, you need to know the best way to beat that. I mean, it's it's interesting, but also you have to worry about, you know, are they in man, are they in zone? Yeah. There's a lot more going yeah, on. You like, got, I'm not a, saying. As a nose guard, you can kind of. We're rockheads, dude. Yeah, These yeah, guys yeah. are real smart. Just, but Straight ahead, bull rush. <laughs> but know? I think the most interesting part for me was we heard a lot about your size coming out, you know, like, you know, your weight or whatever, and uh, two years later, that doesn't seem to be a problem. Yeah. So. At what point did you realize that? Were you worried at all hearing those doubts? I mean, like, it creeps in my head when somebody doubted me. I mean, I want to go show them that they're wrong, right. but it definitely can get in your head. Like, what was what was the moment you realized you could hang, and what do you think the key is to being a, a little bit lighter guy out there? I mean, I've been like that my whole life. No matter what level I was playing on, yeah. I was always considered one of the smallest yeah. guys. So, you know, I've been doing it majority of my life. But um, it's just a mindset thing because at the end of the day, they still have to come and guard me. They still have to, yeah. you know, we're still in the same area and somebody has to win. And, you know, it's a mindset just going out there knowing that, like, I got a chance to go out here and dominate, and that's, I expect nothing less. How about the scramble drill? Because obviously at Bama you had athletic quarterbacks. College football nowadays, like, plays get extended, you know, so a lot of receivers, that's like a prerequisite. If you can't yeah. work scramble drill, you're not going to be able to help us on long downs. Jalen is one of those guys who can extend – and, you know, you can take the top off late in the down. What's the, the unspoken language that you guys speak to each other during the week to get ready for those nonverbal cue kind of things? Or is it just what you see and he's seeing the same thing out of the pocket and then you take the option either way? Like, what's that, what's that process like working through the scrimmage? Um, majority of the time it has to do a lot with um, – it has to do a lot with the play call because sometimes we, you call a play and it's, it's like, okay, this is not going to work. We call this and we're not going to get the look that we wanted. So it potentially may be a scrummage drill. So it's kind of like a ticker. Like, okay, we, we think we might get this. We may, we may not. Okay, we get the coverage and it didn't work. Okay, now it's a ticker. Now we have to go off schedule. We know where to go. And now it's like everybody around. Like, you have to have one guy going short. You have to have one guy going deep. You have to have one guy in the middle. Like, everybody can't be bunched up in the same yeah. space. So it's everybody being on the same page knowing where to go.
but you guys are getting on the same page in, in a moment's notice, right? Yeah. Like, so if you see somebody on a shallow cross, you're going to fit in behind them. Yeah. And it's just kind of like you guys work off each other in the moment. Yeah. Uh, only time it really get rough is when you run out of space and now it's like, don't nobody have nowhere to go. Yes. Yeah. And then two guys are standing yeah. by the by the hash and you're yeah. like, what the, where's he throwing the ball? He's throwing it to two guys. Yeah. But it's not perfect. But I'm, it's I'm not sure. Like, there's no perfect way to do it. It's yeah. an art. It's, it's just a get open. Yeah. And the more you play in the same scheme with the same guys, you know, whether it's guys in your room or the same quarterback, I'm sure you develop that comfort and that familiarity. I mean, look, Kelsey and Mahomes. Look, that's what I was just about to say. Yeah. Look at Kelsey Mahomes. He, he's unbelievable, like, out, like extending plays out of the pocket, holding on to the ball. I mean, that catch that Travis had against – He caught a ball in the, the AFC Championship where exactly. when Mahomes threw the ball, he's on one side of yeah. uh, the backer. He circled around the – And the, then he comes around the back of him and makes the catch on yeah. the other yeah. side. Like – that comes with being together for a decade. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so fun yeah. talking to skill positions like you because, like, dude, we're grunts, man. We're meathead. We're not thinking about that. Meathead. Like, we're – it's the, – the game is just is just so much different from you. So, it's 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 fun to uh, get your insights. I, I want to ask you a little bit about the Super Bowl this weekend, um, just kind of what you think, what you're looking forward to seeing the most uh, from these two teams. Obviously, it's not fun watching other teams play yeah. when you want to be there. But can you be a fan? Like, can you kind of watch and oh, yeah. enjoy the game? I always love watching football. I yeah. mean, we're not playing, but I'm still going to watch. Yeah. Um, two explosive offenses, you know, um, for the Niners, you know, they have a lot of guys that can make explosive plays. Um, Chiefs have a very great defense, yeah. uh, throw a lot of different looks at you and things. So it's going to be a good game. Um, definitely with, you know, the talent that it has out there, you know, with Mahomes, you know, making the crazy plays that he makes. Um, it's going to be a great game. Who do you like? I don't too much care. You don't care. He's <laughs> like, I just want to watch yeah, it. I wish I was there. Can we? I, I, think, the, I think the Chiefs are going to play cover two. I'm gonna play cover yeah. two, take away the, the underneath Not stuff, try to get and make Brock beat him. Yeah. Because I think they got the corners. Those corners, man. Sneed. Yeah. It's a fucking problem with cover two yeah. is like the Niners have a, a great a great row. Trent Williams yeah. and, and George Kittle and then Juszczyk, like all those different obviously they got the, McCaffrey. The they have so many the edge. What's it like? What would it, you know, like an offense like that where you have so many different moving parts and guys like Juice and Christian McCaffrey that can line up in so many different places? You know what I mean? Like you have so many weapons as a quarterback. Like it's got to make it easier for you as a wide receiver. You know? Uh, yeah, definitely. Cause um, especially when you have a run game that's so good, it makes it makes it easier yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, when you're not able to run the ball, it definitely makes it tough for us. So them having a run game, um, you know, it's going to allow those guys, Debo, Ayuk, to you know go out there and do what they do. Dude, we were just we had Kelsey on and we were talking about. Push, push. And I said, uh, Devontae, I heard Devontae say that it can be painful, that sometimes he can't breathe in there. And he said it's not painful at all. But I said, you're not considering the difference. Kels <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is used to that. So is that shit is, it's as rough as it looks? Um, being at the bottom of a pile, man, it just seems like everything's just closing. Like, no room to breathe. You can't move. You just shouting for everybody to get off you, man. It's terrible. <laughs> you can't talk, man. Yeah. Um, Kellen Moore, man. I, yeah. I think uh, I think what's exciting about Kellen is he's going to take shots. Like, what was your first impression when he was hired? Do you start looking at tape, or do you do you talk to Kellen? Have you talked to Kellen? Um, he actually called me like two days ago. We talked a little bit. Um, you know, he told me some things to watch. And from what I've seen so far, you know, I, I like it. Um, a, a chance for guys, you know, to move around more. Um, a lot of, you know, matchups, attack the matchups where, you know, you're going to get the matchup that you want. And um, that's, that's the beauty of this game, man. This game is all about matchups. It's all about making plays. So just putting us in the, um, in the place to go out there and do that. Is it the, like you guys didn't motion a lot? You know, like there's not a lot of pre-snap movement in y'all's offense last year. I feel like that's going to be an uptick. 
is that the kind of thing that can get you those matchups when they don't, you know, when they don't travel guys and, you know, you kind of can dictate where you want to get you or AJ? Yeah, um, that, that's what it's all about. And then it's also a man's own indicator. Indicator. So, like, yeah. you'll know if it's man is on. But you have a lot of people that do it now. They travel. Yeah. And then they do um they do a false man and go to zone. But, you know, majority of the time it's just all about making it easier, you know, for, for Jalen, making it easier for everybody on offense so we can just see what's going on instead of us just going out there and, like, okay, just line up and go win your one-on-one. Who's a coordinator so far that you guys played that you were, like, you came out of the game and you guys were, like, damn, that guy, that guy was in his bag today? Uh, I would say Shanahan. Yeah. yeah. Man, like, we played them, like, you seen guys moving around. You seen guys just, like, wide open. It's just, like, he's over there really dialing it up right now. Yeah, no question. So, with the week, man, we, Bo was asking about the Super Bowl of the game, but, like, it's all about the week, too. And I know for you, being a rookie last year and getting ready for the Super Bowl, with everything you've been through, do you think your experience, having played in championship games, having played for Nick, like, you know, it's like guys can do one of two things when they get here. We can fuck around or we can remember that we don't get this opportunity back. Like, was that easy for you to make that adjustment? Did you feel the distractions as a player? Um, yeah, for me, it was, it was easy. Um, I, I knew what I was here for. Um, I knew the goal that everybody was trying to accomplish, and it was easy. But the main thing is... Like you said, it's easy to get distracted. You got all this media. You know, it's two weeks before the actual game. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you get a week at wherever you're at, and then you get a week where the Super Bowl and you is. think, oh, I'll do it later. I'll watch that later. I'll yeah, do, yeah. Man, and it's just like it's so long and so draining. You have the install for two weeks, so you kind of get bored with it. You go out to practice. You're just trying stuff, and it's just like, man, you just ready to get to the game. And with all the media, man, that just make it so much more overwhelming. But for me, it was kind of easy. Is there is like we got we always talk about people that if we ran into we'd be like fanboying over because there's a lot of people just walking around here a lot of interesting people celebrities is there somebody that you wish you could meet at the Super Bowl if you just ran into so like favorite players people in the league that you like or celebrities that might be around here. Uh, nah, I don't think it's nobody like that. I like running into Ocho, though. Ocho. Ocho funny. Yeah. I just he like, just I missed always, him. He just rolled through here. I always like running into Ocho. We had Ocho on the plane. Uh, we took, like, a team plane out here from inside the NFL. And he likes to fly Spirit Airlines. Uh, <laughs> so he was complaining about the G5 that we were on the whole time. He's like, there's no Wi-Fi. This is bullshit. He's about the funniest coworker you could possibly oh, yeah, have, definitely, dude. Definitely. Was he your favorite dude growing up? Uh, yeah, I used to watch Ocho all the time. Uh, I remember going on YouTube, doing videos of him in the park, doing the ladder drills, the cone drills, and I used to go out there and do the same thing. Do you model your game a little bit after anybody? or? I would say Ocho. Ocho. Ocho and Keenan Allen. Those are my um, two guys that, you know, I grew up watching. Yeah. Guys that, you know, I try to model my game after. That's awesome. Got anything? I'm good, man. Let me make sure I don't have anything else for Devontae, man. Uh, Are you going to be down in Tampa training with Yo at all this offseason? Oh, yeah, yeah, got to. Yeah, because I'm down in Tampa for my time with the Bucs and spent a lot of time with Yo. Yeah. Uh, Yo Murphy, shout out to Training House down there. Oh, sorry, House of Athlete down there. Here's what I want to ask him Are you the best dressed guy in the NFL? I heard that. I think I am. <laughs> I've seen some yeah. of the fits, man. I yeah. don't know if I could pull them all off, but they're. I think I could pull them off. Now, what do you think I'm about going to your closet? You analyze Jason Kelsey's fashion sense. Hey, that's that's him, man. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, you can't blame him. That's what he like me. I like wearing. It's either this right here or or suit. A suit. Yeah. Like it's nothing else. Leisure, leisure wear or suit. Yeah, it's it's that, and that's him. Dude, he had 
a Carhartt shirt, a Rolex, and flip-flops. Yeah, and, and a nah, Super Bowl nah, ring. I ain't see the Rolex. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he had our Super Bowl Rolex. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he had this yeah. beautiful. So, and I talked to Lane yesterday. Lane came here for NFL honors because he might win a, a man of the year. I hope he does. He said, See long, I forgot my suit. I had to go I had to go to men's warehouse. <laughs> yeah, like they just got an off the rack size for Lane. Yeah, bro, he's he's gonna look fucked up at this NFL honors, dude. <laughs> Devontae's gonna be like, oh gee, yeah. what are you doing, dude? Um, last one, cause we walked through the casino yesterday and I walked by Trayvon Diggs. I know he was hurt this year, but that's gotta be one of the biggest fucking corners that I've walked by in the last calendar year. The guy's huge. Yeah. Is is it, playing that Dallas defense, the physicality, the rushers, the whole thing, like how do you attack that? And when you come into a game against Dallas, because they're not going anywhere, even with Dan leaving, yeah. how do you, like, what's the biggest thing you worry about? Is it even as a wide receiver, are you in the wide receiver room hearing about Parsons? Or is it just the ball hawking, Deron Bland? Or what What do they talk about going in a week like that? Um, you, know, you know, that game's going to always be different from any other game that you play. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's always about, you know, switching things up, especially going against Diggs. Like, I've been going against Diggs for, for what? Right. Six, seven years yeah. now. So, like, it's not a move that he hasn't seen. It's not a technique that I haven't seen that he has. So, it's like always just being able to switch it up. And then it comes down to, like I say, reacting. Come down to, okay, he know every move I'm going to do, so now I just got to react to him. It might just be a game where I have to react the whole game. And, you know, it's, it's fun playing against him because he's going to trash talk. But at the end of the day, you, you know it's all love. and you know, boys. Yeah, we're boys, but you know it's all love. But at the end of the day, we, we both want to just sit there and just dominate the other one. Yeah. That's he's huge, and now Dan Quinn in Washington. You expect them to probably be a little bit have more of an edge and yeah. play a little bit better defense. So, you know, Dan Quinn stays in the division. Yeah, that defense more, isn't going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, Devontae Smith, everybody, one of the best dudes on the Eagles, one of my favorites, uh, and uh, I hope you guys have a great year next year. And we get back on the show after a big win, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you, dude. All right, joining me now in front of this beautiful Tacoma was an actual truck. That's what I think about Luke Keekley when I think about him playing football is he was like a, a pickup truck out there, and he knew right where to be, and he went from zero to 60 faster than anybody, and he was a leader, and he did things the right way. So I've always wanted to get Luke on the show, fell into this this week. I don't think we've actually ever really met, dude, other than seeing you on the field. So welcome Luke Keekley to the show. How you doing, brother? I am good. It's good to be here. Uh, I've looked up to you for a long time, and it's fun to be on the show. Got to play against your brother for a while. He was a monster. A tank. Tank. A dump truck. It was like a pickup truck. In Athletic. A could move. Yeah. Stud. Yeah, dude. Well, it was fun watching you play, and like we were talking, I grew up a Panthers fan, so I always did like seeing the Panthers fly around, and honestly, what was your last year? Uh, 2019. So, 2018, because I was cool with Charles Johnson. Chuck, yeah. And I think this was a year he came back for one more year. Yeah. I was a free agent, and I was like, I want to go play for the Panthers. And I had it, like, eyed up, and I was kind of talking to Chuck, and he was like, yeah, I'm coming back. So when I found out he was coming back, I was like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. But so we, Charles stole your spot. He did. And I <laughs> love Charles, dude. He was such a good player. He's, He's a great teammate, too. Great teammate. Great teammate. Yeah. What do you think the key is to being a leader? You know, because obviously you were a great leader. We both had to be vets on teams. What do you think the number one quality in leadership is in the NFL? 
I think that was that's a question that everybody asked at the combine. When you come in, how are you going to demand res- not demand respect, but how are you going to lead older guys? And I always said that you got to do it through how you act. You got to show up on time. You got to play hard. You got to make plays, and you got to be the guy that's consistent. And then as you start to make plays, and as you're around more, people start to realize like, all right, he's consistent. He's where he needs to be. He sets good example. He helps younger guys. He treats people the right way. So, I think it's less about how you play on Sundays, and it's more about how you go about your business, how you conduct yourself, how you treat people, and then ultimately people start to follow you. I do think that's a really key point, like how you treat people in the locker room, because I always say it's like emotional intelligence, social intelligence, understanding that everybody has different buttons. You know, you're not going to talk to somebody the same way that you're going to talk to another guy because, you know, he might come from a different place or he's going through a, a certain type of thing, like communication with every corner of the locker room. And I always watching you, I could tell that you were connected with everybody. You know, um, how was becoming that vet and bringing guys along? Like, because it kind of happened quick for you. Like, yeah. you were the rookie, and then you were one of the, the guys on a really elite defense. Well, I think a lot of it was I got to see guys do it. And I think that's powerful when you get to watch other people do it. So we had Ryan Khalil. Uh, Charles Johnson, we had Greg Olson, we had Jordan Gross when he was young. TV. And then, yeah, that's what I, that was the guy that I was going to talk about. I got to see it from Thomas every day in the linebacking room. And what he did really well was he formed relationships with every guy in the team. So he could be like, hey, like, Chris, I've got a great relationship with you. I know something's going on. So if you have a down day at practice, I understand why. Yeah. And he understood that and he could talk to everybody. And there was nobody in the locker room in the building that he couldn't talk to. And he could get the most out of guys. So then I was like, all right, well, TD's a great player. Everyone loves him. He treats people the right way. I want to be like that. So I get to see it. Isn't it great? Like luck of the draw, getting a great vet like that. And that's football. It's a lot of situation. What situation do you end up in? Because that ultimately affects your career. It totally does. The context. We look at quarterbacks. It's easy to see. Like look at Bryce. Yeah. Like I said this this year. I think C.J. Stroud is the next whoever you want him to be. Yeah. I mean, he's that good. I also think like when you watch Houston play New York that one week and they had a bunch of guys down outside. And he looked human. Well, what do you think's going to happen? And then I look over at Carolina, and people are passing a lot of judgments on Bryce. And I'm not saying I know for sure if he's going to be a good player, but his situation is dire. I mean, you're talking about a coach getting fired in your first season in the middle of the season. That is not an ideal setup for, for a young dude. And so when you look at Bryce and you talk about context, what do you see and what do you think they need to provide him? I think with Bryce, the one thing that we saw, I mean, obviously everyone talks about accuracy, intelligence, football IQ. His toughness, I think, was the one thing that stood out for everybody this year because everybody, him coming out, he's small. Is he going to be this? Is he going to be that? He got hit a lot this year, and i tell you what, he stood in there, took the hits, got up, walked off the field toughness and that's the one thing that I think going into year two that he answered a lot of questions with that obviously it wasn't the year that he wanted as far as wins and stats and how he played but his toughness and his ability to get back up and man I watched him get hit a lot I, I, I do the games and we see him get hit and we're like oof but you know what? He stands up, walks off the field, and comes right back out again the next series. So for me, we're going to get better outside. We're going to get better up front, hopefully get a little bit more stability um, with the coaches. I mean, he had Frank Wright called plays, and then Thomas Brown, and then Frank Wright called him again, and then Thomas Brown called it again. So, like, Thomas Brown's more like wide zone. Frank Wright's more gun inside zone. So there was so much going on that Bryce, it was just a lot, but his toughness, I was like, man, he's, he's got it. And everything in the passing game, or everything in the passing game comes off the run game. Exactly. You know, so if you're 
if you're varying the run looks, it's going to be harder to have consistent concepts outside. Yeah. And so I think giving him that consistency would be great. You talked about toughness, his toughness. I think when I think about you, I think about toughness. But I also think about a guy who is smart enough to draw that line between toughness and maybe finding that point of diminishing return in yeah. your career. And everybody knows, you know, they remember you on the field getting hit. It was so hard to watch because you're like Superman, man. And I mean, fuck, for me, it was hard to watch because I'm like, this guy's a superhero. And, you know, it just the human element of we're not just these robots that go out there and run 100 miles an hour. We got to think about our health. We got to think about the next 50 years. And you made a decision to walk away. And I wonder how difficult that was. And were there any moments after you made that decision where you doubted yourself and your decision? I think, I think we talked about it right when I came up to you about you're always going to miss it. You're going to miss um, the locker room. You're going to miss the guys. You're going to miss the daily interactions of just being around the guys. I don't think we're ever going to be able to replicate that. And I think it's really interesting when you kind of think about it. Like, I've never met you before. Yeah. And we came and talked to you for 15 minutes, and it's like we've known each other. Yeah, it's like we played together. I'm like, Yeah, it's crazy, and I think that's what makes football special. But I think at the end of the day, it's like you got to understand that there's, there's your football life and you love the game, but then you've got a long time to live after. And I just wanted to make sure that I could live the life I wanted to live when I got done playing. So that was ultimately kind of why I got out. I love it. I wish I, wish I could still play. I wish I was still playing. I'm, I'm sure you do too, but at some point you're like, man, I've done what I needed to do. I've had a ton of fun and uh, let's go do something else. And also when you cross that threshold, people always ask, could you still go? And they asked me for like two years and I would have said yes two years after. I'm done now. Now, no chance. <laughs> but the whole thing is, and I always answer it this way, yeah, could I? But if I'm not willing to do the things Monday through Saturday anymore, I don't have the right to sit here on Sunday and say, this looks fun. I wish I could play. No, I'm done, yeah. Because it takes everything. Well, it takes a whole offseason. I mean, it's funny. I came up to you and the first thing I noticed is like, man, we, we are both skinny now. We're skinny guys, dude. Skinny guys now. What are you weighing now? I'm like 220. Yeah, I'm like 240 and... It's and funny now. It sucks because people are like, you're so skinny. I'm like, I can still throw you around. <laughs> you know, I'm still a big man, but yeah. they're used to seeing you in that form. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's, it's, it's fun. I, f I feel great. Everything's good. So. Good. Yeah. yeah. So you feel great. The cue collar stuff, man. Yeah. You know, like you, you, said, you said to me off, you're like, I got smoked a lot when I played. Like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concern. It's a natural question. But I guess I, I'd ask you, like, not just the cue collar, how, how important can that be, but also, like, what do you do to take care of yourself after football? Yeah, so I think I wore the cue collar for three years when I was playing, my last three years, and the idea behind it is just gonna, we're just going to provide a little, bit of, a little bit of help for all those sub-concussive hits you get. It's going to give your brain just a little, bit, a little bit of an opportunity not to get banged up as much. We've had a ton of success with guys in the NFL. Um, I think we're around 50 to 60 guys wearing it. We've got a lot, of, lot going on in the military, which yeah. I know you appreciate. We're actually yeah. out here a couple weeks ago for SHOT Show, so that's all the – the, the special forces guys, SEALs, Delta Force, Rangers, all those guys. It's been a, it's been a ton of fun. So um, on the football side, it's man, we're just trying to help guys play longer and safer and let them play the game the long, as long as they want without brain stuff being the issue. So, um, and that's the thing on your neck. Yeah, it's just a collar. So when people see, you yeah, know, I got one. I got one. Little product placement. Boom. Here, let me so put it on. Here, that I feel like it, to be safe that when I'm too small for you. Let's throw this one on. Oh, okay. That one's a little bit more. Adult size. To be safe, if you're around Luke Keekley, you should put one. <laughs> nice boots. By and I'm gonna the way, get bro. a little Tacovas. I'm gonna get yelled at. You got you got it upside down right now. We got it upside down right now. There we go. 
And I'd love to do, I'd love to do a close-up on your on the side of your neck because you could see exactly where it's doing its job. It's going to put a little bit of pressure on the, on the muscle right there, and it's going to put a little bit more blood flow around in those blood vessels around your brain. It's going to be a little bit so of that like if you a, get hit like here or something, you know, where carotid artery or whatever. Yeah, I'm, so you, it's, yeah, not that. Not that. Not that. It's but it's just going to give your brain a little bit of a cushion. Yeah. It's just it's going to help mitigate subconcussive blows. I feel good. feel great. You look I great. I feel ready. Who wants to do Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but as far as like the, we were talking about this, the there's so much that goes into being retired. Yeah. Not just the the head health. Yeah. You know we were talking about my pops. My pops played old CBA 13 years. Yeah. Sharp as attack. You know like a lot of subconcussive blows, a lot of big hits. They didn't take care of us the way you take care of them the way they took care of us. Like. Being retired and sticking the landing on the entire experience is is tough. It's like an existential crisis. You know, your whole your whole identity changes. You're not around the guys anymore. But also, you got to take care of yourself and get in the gym and and the, the physical stuff. Like, what do you think are the most important things if you were going to explain to somebody, hey, you're going to stop playing football. Your life's going to change. What do you need to do to take care of yourself? Well, I think I think you know, it's for me, it's. I'm going to stay active. Yeah. I'm going to eat well. Yeah. I'm going to get sleep. Like all those little wellness things that everybody talks about. I think that's super important. I think your relationships with people are huge. I think you need to keep learning. I think you need to keep your brain active. And then for us, you think about what did we do our whole life that we loved and that we've got so much knowledge on. That's the game of football. And you're finding ways to do it. I love being here doing this. This is honestly, cute collar is a ton of fun. Yeah. I love, I love the game of football and trying to find ways. Like I wish, like I said, I wish I was still playing and, and this is going to help guys play a little longer. Not be in the situation. Yeah, and so got. there's that side. And then the military side. I'll tell you what, the military side of it I think is fascinating. These yeah. guys that are special forces, guys that are going on these deployments, they're shooting big guns every day, they're riding in tanks and helicopters. This really helps them. And it's just fun being around those guys. They're, they're the closest thing, I feel like, to what we had as far as, like, the connection, the brotherhood, the relationships. And to kind of talk to them about, what I went through, what they went through, how much fun we had together, um, and finding ways to help those guys do what they love to do just like we did is, is cool, and that's a big part of what Q, Q, Q30 it's, does. It's that loss of, of uh, your, your group. Yeah, you know, your boys. And the, and the purpose is bigger than you. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, I would never say it's a clean comparison. Like, I know you wouldn't either because it's life or death for them. But when we do our conquering Killy thing, I don't know if you've seen when we take vets up to Killy and we take athletes as well. Like the camaraderie in those tents through fun, six days. It's fun. You can it's like everybody knew each other their whole lives. Exactly. The thing we were talking about exactly. there. Cause you immediately you you pick out and you're like, these are like minded people. And I, I think, you know, for our vets, too often we're like, how can we help the vets? How can we get the vet, the vets to be power players in our society when they come home? Give yeah. them give them a tool. You know, they want to help people and so I think the veteran part of it is is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's super fun. And if you ever get a wild hair, you should climb with us. Yeah. When is that? We do it every February. Okay. So, it'd be it'd be a good time. We had Bo, Bo who's out here 330 pounds. He got to the top. We had Haloti Nada retire. Big boy. Up top. Yeah, so if he can get up there, I think Luke Keatley can get up there. So talk to me about I, I, everybody thinks running back is the, the position that gets devalued, but I think linebacker in today's game, very under the radar devalued. When you look at the best 
teams in the league, the best defenses, they have great linebacking cores. Yeah. And the way the West Coast offense is now and everything comes off of it, if you don't have that, if you're playing Miami or San Francisco, you're screwed. Do you see that, that linebackers being a little bit undervalued? And when you look at a game like this Sunday where you got great linebacking cores, what do you think factors in and how do, how, who wins that game? Well, I think you look at these guys that are playing this week, and obviously in San Francisco they got two studs. Yeah. You know, Fred Warner's really good. Dre Greenlaw's a monster. And those guys just patrol. They patrol everything. I think Fred is so – I think he's very smart. He's quick to trigger. I think he processes extremely fast. And that defense that they play in with, with Wilkes is awesome for those guys. Fred can be active and run around. And then Dre's just a tone setter for him. He's great in the box. Oh, my gosh. But I think it's – in the, in, especially now, you look at kind of the two. You look at the two tight ends in this game. Both both big, big guys that can get open, that can run, that can uncover, that are active, intermediate, and can get down the field. You got to find ways to cover them. How are you going to cover Kelsey? Fred's Fred as a guy that can do that. He's long. He's athletic. And then you look on the other side of the ball. I think the guy Nick Bolton doesn't get enough credit. Incredible. He, you know, you look at that defense with Kansas City, and they talk a lot about Chris Jones. Carl Optus has had a great postseason but Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil Drew Tranquil actually is a cue collar guy um, they're gonna have Tough. to yeah they're gonna have the edges he was setting last week yeah smacking dude so you got to be able to troll the middle you got to be able to match up with guys inside and in zone coverage and in man coverage and now the way that the offenses are how can we create mismatches and the easiest way to do it is put a speed guy on a linebacker and if your linebacker can cover that guy and hold off long enough and play zone and push him over to the top to his help you're effective, and that's what Fred can do. That's what Nick Bolton can do. And then you got Drew Tranquil and Dre Greenlaw just mashing dudes. And Willie Gay was so – when Willie Gay was down last week, I was so worried about them against Baltimore because yeah. I thought he'd be the guy with the speed that could run with Lamar and Spy yeah. and all that stuff. And they won without him because of guys like Drew and stepping up in the run game. Do you have a, let's say, top three favorite linebackers that you watch today? In the game right now? Yeah. Okay, so I love, I love Levante David. Yeah, he's awesome. So he came in, we came in the same year. Yeah. And I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's done. If you just take, if you just pulled him, you took his name out, and you showed stats, it's crazy. TFLs, forced fumbles, sacks, picks, tackles. The Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. And then the other guy that's been doing it forever is Bobby Wagner. Yeah. I think he's really good. Um, and then, obviously, Fred. But the guy that I like a lot is uh, is Roquan Smith. Uh, Roquan's awesome. Dog. Just physical, edge, edge, but super smart. And I love that about him is he's, like, mean, physical, tough, hits you in the mouth. But he's super smart and gets the game, and I love that. Sounds like somebody I know. He's or great. Somebody I just he's, way, met. he's he's super physical. Is this does somebody remind you of you? Oh man, I like Fred's game a lot. Yeah, I can, yeah I, I can see a little bit of me and him in the sense of like four three Mike Backer. Like I just like his game a lot, and he's way more athletic than I am. Well, you might be selling yourself short, but I I really like Matt Milano too. Yeah, BC guy. Yeah. So he's yeah a, BC. Yep. yep. He's a stud. I told I my kids. for him. He got banged up this year. I told my kids if, if, if my son Waylon wants to play linebacker, I'm going to lock him in a room with Matt Milano tape. for. Yes. And I might throw some Luke Keekley in there, too. So Matt was a great blitzer because in, in college at BC, he was like a slot, like a big nickel uh, blitzer yeah. off the edge. And like then he translated to that 
McDermott system, and he's oh, perfect. That's, and that makes sense when yeah. you watch all the pressures that they run. So good at it. He's, he's surgical. So you get a prediction for the game before we let you go? Man, I love the Niners. Obviously, Christian's there. Wilkes is there. I think if they can get out to a lead and run the ball, they got a really good shot. But it's hard. Mahomes is like he's, like he's like Brady. You can't root against him. Dude, it's like he just does it. He gets a win. If it's tight. And there's Artis Twyman, one of the great, great media personalities in the NFL, Artis Twyman. Um, dude, I got I got Chiefs 27-21, but now I feel like one of the smartest football players oh, of hey, our generation your, took the other side. Gut. Okay. Um, check out the work that Q Collar's doing. I think it's awesome. I think, you know, like Luke's the perfect pitch man, not just because of what he went through, but because he's smart. And he knows that some like Q Collar can extend the career uh, careers of some of the guys that we love watching play. So, Luke, appreciate you yeah, taking the no time. Doubt. Hope you come on again and Absolutely. enjoy the week, bro. Sweet. Yeah. Wow.